Blog Talk Radio. It's a life of hustle and survival. I remember when my, my ninth grade teacher asked me, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? And see, I have to fight the Harlem Crip 30s every day to get home from school, so I looked at her and said a lie. I took an English class. I got a fail in English. And my English teacher said in front of the entire class, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry, my story is good. Don't feel sorry for me. I got seven under my belt. And then the same year, my speech teacher said, after giving me a D minus, I knew I, I knew I had an A in speech. Like, come on. He obviously didn't agree with me. He gave me a D minus and said, quote unquote, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public, that you get a desk job. So here's the beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. Everything you've ever been through, set through, rolled through, cried through, prayed through, everything is a setup for your next best season. And the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you believe us. Your light belongs to everyone who'll be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And every time you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people, dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that you're 70 watts. Your 70 watts has to be turned way up because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people. And they're going to tell you your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. Well, good evening. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Um, there was a 
a march or something today, wasn't there? There was a a protest of millennials, of youth, of parents, of teachers, of the intellectual elites, as they will call them. And um, I have to uh, confess, um, I saw it on MSNBC. I saw it on CNN. Big aerial shots. Thousands of people. Thousands of people in aerial shots. And then something told me. Let's see how Fox News is reporting this. Everything on Fox News was a close, tight shot. They dare not show the size of the crowd. They showed close-ups of signs. They showed close-ups of people. But they never got that aerial shot. They never got that broader look at the size of this resistance. The one thing I was heartened by was the conversation about voting. They know who the bad guys are, but um, it's not just the NRA. It's the Republicans who vote with the NRA. And there's a spattering of smidgen. There's one, two, three, four Democrats you can put in that you can put in that category. But on the whole, they're Republicans. And I would dare say everyone who marched knows it. I would simply say. Republican brand is sullied for a whole generation because if denying people health care or denying people what they, the American people, what they want, and that's what Republicans have done since the election of Barack Obama. Every policy, every program that was implemented or they tried to implement, they rejected because they just didn't want to give Obama a win. So now the shoe is on the other foot. And the first thing Republicans are screaming and crying are obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. Democrats are obstructing. It's not what Democrats did when Republicans obstructed. They just took it. And the country rewarded Republicans for obstructing and punished Democrats for their silence. You see, if you leave it up to the American people to figure this out. You've lost. They never will. A couple of weeks ago, I came on and I tried to sound the alarm of the takeover, of the authoritarian takeover, but it's deeper than that. And I'll source my information with this. I will stand by the word 
the knowledge, the experience of a 30-year-old naval intelligence officer and ex-CIA spy who can see their long game and have exposed their long game for what their long game is. And when you get right down to it, you have to say to yourself, are Democrats just stupid or are they just stupid and sleep at the wheel? I think the latter. They're stupid and sleep at the wheel. The author of a book, Malcolm Nance, he wrote this book a year and a half ago. Everything he has asserted in this book is coming to fruition, including a timeline. And we're in that month of that timeline. And the heat has been turned up big time, or as you all as president will say, bigly. The heat has been turned up big time. There are ties, not just in this country. There are ties in Europe. There are ties across the globe that says radical, right-wing, conservative movement. The revenge of the KGB. Vladimir Putin, former KGB officer, is spearheading this destruction of democracy. I would love to explain it to you better details. But um, I think I've gotten a little wiser. And um, to save my voice, I've uh, put it into several clips. Because what they're doing in Europe and what they've done in Europe, conservatives have taken over. The far-right, radical, alt-right, neo-Nazi conservatives have taken over. And I want you to listen to this, and I want you to be cognizant of this, because it, too, will come to fruition. If you don't believe it, believe a naval intelligence CIA spy with over 27 years of um, experience under his belt. Just don't play him short. Just listen up. Just a moment ago. Why? Because I agree with you. Because when I saw Bannon over there saying, literally saying, you should embrace being called a racist. Yeah, don't. Whoa. When With I Marie saw Le Pen, that, right? Because right. trying to. Re, well, what I find interesting, he said that, and I think she, they were trying to rebrand their racism. Was oh, that, yeah. The deal? Well, no, they, <laughs> he told them that he wants them to embrace it. Yeah. Let them call you a xenophobe. Let them call you racist. Let them call you anti Muslim. Mm-hmm. Let them call you anti immigrant. Embrace it. Yeah. What's happening over in Europe? And, and this is what's funny because what happened to the United States? We're last. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've spent the last 15 years in Europe building up fascist, neo-Nazi, 
ultra-conservative groups. Russia itself went from crazy yeah. communist mm-hmm. to extremely conservative right-wing. Yeah. Vladimir Putin, he puts on this image that he runs the Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. that he's a good boy. This guy's a KGB officer. Mm-hmm. And he understands to control Russia, he needs to bring to them what they think their values are, which is family, orthodoxy, and ultra-national. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, people always say, hey, this guy's like, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's like um, Peter the Great, right? right. Yeah. Well, Peter the Great opened up the West to mm-hmm. Russia. Russia wants to reorient the entire world away from the Washington, D.C., you know, London, Paris orbit right. to a Moscow, London, Paris Right. He, they literally call us, in, as a dirty word, Atlanticists. Really? Atlanticist I've globalist elitist. Atlanticist? Right? Ah. Because they are completely <laughs> against the NATO alliance. Right. And that, that axis, which started in 1945, wow. you know, at the end of World War II, how everything has existed since World War II, the global order, they want to eliminate that, and they have been buying conservative parties in Europe, and they are winning. The government of Austria, the, oh, holy cow, straight-up neo-Nazis run the government of Austria. Yeah. I'm not joking. Well, and here's the thing. It's like we all know that that's, you know, that's in all so many of these countries' past. You know, and these people didn't, didn't you know, when the war was over, they didn't necessarily just, you know, no. dissolve. No, no, no. Not the France, I've, I've been told, is full. Of former Nazis. Well, you know, they're, they're everywhere, yeah. to be honest. It's just they had all these small fringe groups, and then Russia in the last 15 years started pumping them with money because Russia believes that they – and it's funny because the American right wing, mm-hmm. starting with the evangelicals in 2010 yeah. and the NRA in 2012, they have been bought lock, stock, and barrel. They love Moscow. They run a global family values conference in Moscow – that's like the, you know, the Family Values Summit or whatever it is they right, have in the right, U.S. Right. times 20. Wow. Every other group in the world shows up for that. The NRA, those guys have been, compl- I don't understand where they, they got taken in by this guy named Portion and mm-hmm. a woman by the name Marina Butina. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've, these are the people who are flooding uh, the conservative world over there. Yeah. Um, you guys remember uh, there was a young guy by the name of Anders Baring Brevin. Yeah. On the break? Yeah. We're going yeah. to break. Well, you're gonna hear you're gonna, we're going to come back to this. The number here is 323-468-1135. We are here with Marquis. Oh, now, now, that's Malcolm Nance. That's the Naval Intelligence Officer. He has followed this for years. He has inside knowledge about exactly what the KGB slash Vladimir Putin slash Russians are doing and what they have accomplished. This is a long game. This is a long game, and like Malcolm Mann said, we are losing. (laughs) We are losing. Things you can expect in the future, the release, the firing of Robert Mueller. They have to fire him. There is no way out. Republicans are not just knee deep, they're neck deep in this 
level of collusion. And when you hear them saying no collusion, no collusion, that's their brand. That's their repeated nauseum so that their base can scream no collusion. And when you hear them say no collusion, no collusion, it's because it's in such a web. And that web is being dismantled. The dirty trickster, Roger Stone, um, Mr. Uh, I talked to Guccifer 2.0. Well, <laughs> Guccifer 2.0. Let me see here. If you really want to know who the hell Guccifer 2.0 is, he was thought to be a lone wolf, a lone hacker, who took credit for providing WikiLeaks with stolen emails from the Democratic National Committee. Now, I want you to think about something. Why would a lone hacker give the emails from the DNC to WikiLeaks? It's just another layer of this onion that they thought would never be peeled back, that they thought would never be exposed, that could never happen. Lucifer 2.0 was in fact an officer of Russian military intelligence. Directorate GRU. The Daily Beast learned it's an attribution that resulted from the fleeting but critical slip-up in GRU tradecraft. That forensic determination has substantial implications for the criminal probe into potential collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. The Daily Beast also learned that special counsel in that investigation has taken over the probe into Lucifer and brought the FBI agent who worked to track the persona onto his team. So when you get right down to it, they the the bloodhounds are on the trail to connect the dots and connect the dots they are. Roger Stone bragged about communications with Guccifer. Now Guccifer two point Roger Stone you can back all of that up with the WikiLeaks, Julian Assange. He bragged about um, meeting with Julian Assange, and now that it's out in the open, he was just kidding. He, you know, when they are busted, they're always joking. That's why you know it's a lie. Take them for who they say they are because that's exactly who they, who they are. 
And like I said, they're playing a long game. They're bought and paid for. And uh, I am going to get more into the into the march that happened today, but uh, like I said, I didn't see many people out there. If you're looking at Fox News, there was there was there was nobody out there because of the tight shots. But everybody else had the overheads, and like I said, it's a generation. It's a generation that Republicans are like a game of poker. Texas Hold'em poker, where you go all in, they are all in. They are willing to believe that they can gaslight the American people and that the American people are still too stupid to figure this out. And I'm in fear that they might be right. But it's a long game, and the players in this game are familiar, they are substantial, and they've got a lot of money. It's called the economic long game, I call it. You know, it's sort of like NATO has, and Europeans have developed an economy that only includes the Atlantic Ocean, but this would be a far wider uh, economic system. And if we're going out of our way to not invest with them, uh, you know, that seems kind of short-sighted to us. So I'm kind of worried about whether or not you're, you know, playing, uh, you know, that we should look at them as enemies in trade. Right, 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 right. right. You know, yeah. the funny thing is, is that um, the word strategy is something, you know, when, when people mm-hmm. say we should have a strategy, mm-hmm. that means a very long-term plan which yeah. affects all je- sections of government. Yeah. Uh, and all all aspects of American life. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Right. I mean, the Obama people tried, but it was a very narrow strategy. Mm-hmm. The Chinese and the Russians, they have a strategy. They go, they're going deep. Russia's, yeah, Russia's strategy is the United States has to be knocked down as the number one economy in the world. Yeah. And we need to get powers in the United States, which will end the previous world order. China, on the other hand, it's we're going to the market, and we're going to take it all. And yeah. America's given it to us, and that's awesome. Yeah. So when we pulled out of TPP, we gave up all advantage of global trade throughout the entire Pacific region with every country, and we turned it mm. over to China. Yeah. That so seems like a bad your idea. Walmart prices are going up. Yes. I, this is my thing, because I'm, I'm not an economist. I don't know if you know this or not. That seems bad to me. It's bad. It, it, yeah, it ain't good. And then you know what I think about? I think about the. I mean, we were talking about uh, when uh, opium took over China, yes. or you know, a hundred something years ago. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at our opioid crisis right now. Yes. And you know the whole idea that now our country is asleep. Mm-hmm. It it is it is we we're losing people. You know, so we're asleep at the wheel in terms of our politics. We have people dying in a in a drug crisis right now, and we we don't even have the people power to address any of these issues. Well, we we actually do. What we don't have is we don't have a government that will address yeah. any yeah. of these issues. I mean, you know, not running for president, but if I were if you know if I were in charge, I mean, you know, I was I was a military guy. Mm-hmm. 
you have to sort of take an organizational approach to it, mm-hmm. which is we will eradicate this, the moonshot approach. Yeah. I mean, and they, they, the Obama administration did a good job of that when they started their moonshot against cancer. Mm-hmm. All of that funding, which is being cut. Right. Okay, because who wants to, you know, my wife had cancer mm-hmm. last year. Oh, uh, and, um, yeah, women, it's sexual ovarian cancer. It's yeah. a silent killer. Yeah. There's no signs. Yep. Until you got it. Yeah. yeah. So, My mother had ovarian cancer. There you Absolutely. go. My PSA is over. That being said, we have to literally say we're going to do X. Yeah. The Russians and the Chinese, they're just doing it because they're totalitarian or yeah. communist-run governments. They can throw billions of dollars into things. The Chinese bought the global solar industry yeah. the minute that the conservatives decided that Obama was wrong for funding Solyndra. Yeah. And as soon as they did that, they went in and they started creating cabillions of cheap Chinese solar panels, every one of which is in the United States now. Yeah. Every solar yeah. panel here is made in China. Yeah. And, and, and we can't get off a coal. Oh, no, no, no. We, we're going back to the 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, yeah. you know, China right now, their, their greatest advances are in artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. self-driving cars, mm-hmm. right. uh, 5G, 5G internet everywhere yes okay and we can't even decide if we're going to get 4g in certain parts of la yeah yeah it's it's kind of amazing because it seems not seems like what there you have it make no mistake about it republicans in this country block the advancement of our industry, our solar panel industry, they've blocked every turn to improve the middle class, to improve wages, to improve your health care. Improvements, Republicans have stood in the way. This dog whistle that's coming from the Kremlin. And I've always looked at this and approached this as just a flat-out war. And I've approached it as a matter of you either respond and fight it as a war, you take no prisoners, and you simply have to vanquish any and everyone who was on the other side. This bit about bipartisanship, about getting along about solving and getting things done, you cannot get a damn thing done unless you eradicate the cancer that is grown in this country. And that cancer is conservatism. They are willing to take the Russian view. Why wouldn't Russia be in lockstep with the Trump administration, with the conservatives. They're anti-immigrants. They're anti-minorities. Money is all they care about. They have no redeeming social value. They have no empathy, no sympathy for anyone. Russians of the most ruthless gang in this country right now. And we are simply looking the other way. You know, just to slightly jump off topic, I want to 
ask a question. This FBI guy, McCabe, was fired last weekend, 24 hours before he was to get full pension. McCabe had um, had been fired according to uh, Sessions because of an IG report that he was dishonest, that he was not forthright with some kind of uh, investigation. The report is not out, so we don't know. Well, since um, the... Deputy Attorney General has given the gold nod on Jeff Sessions and his perjury and his lies about never meeting with Russians. Why isn't that same IG report good enough to force Sessions out of office? And that's just uh, for thought. That's just for thought. If somehow he doesn't fall under that same pervy as uh, the rest of the DOJ lawyers, somebody just let me know because that's my thing. Why is he still around? He lied, and he lied under oath. And that same I, Inspector General, should have him on the carpet for that. But back to the long game. The Russians, with their oil billions. You know, Rick Tillerson, the former Secretary of State, former CEO of Exxon, had a half a trillion dollar deal with the Russians. Tillerson even got some type of metal pent on his chest directly from Vladimir Putin. In the world, was this president thinking, having never met Rex Tillerson, then all of a sudden he became Secretary of State. You know, that oil deal when he was CEO was uh, squashed by Obama sanctions. And Donald Trump nominated him to be Secretary of State so they could move a new CEO to buffer the award that he received from Putin. So now this new CEO was going to ask the new Secretary of State for an exemption to this sanction, which is Pompeo. So I'm taking bets that Pompeo exempts this sanction on the Exxon-Russia deal. And they push through this half-trillion-dollar deal. Now, you can leave it to your imagination or you can connect some dots. And if you need numbers, okay. 
You need coloring pencils? Okay. But this all is too much of a coincidence. All of this is too much of a coincidence. Facebook. Oh, you know, that little weasel, Zuckerberg, he wasn't making enough money. And see, here's the thing. Facebook had been fined before for doing funny things with the information and not protecting the information as they should have. And they've been doing, I think the fine was 16000 per violation. Yes, 16000 per violation. Now, with the new consent decree they entered into with the FTC, it's 40000 per violation. Cambridge Analytica violated, stole, harvest, scraped, Fifty million, fifty million violations. And that pencils out to a two, two trillion, two trillion dollars. Now, the best way that I see is to find Facebook because they did not protect their information as they should have. There were no mistakes made. Facebook has been in lockstep with Russia, with Cambridge Analytical. You see, Facebook took a $200 million investment from a Russian oligarch. Now, to be an oligarch in Russia means you have to have the blessing, the blessing of Vladimir Putin. You can have the blessing of Vladimir Putin. But you're also under his thumb. 929 477 If you want to chime in on this or give me an your opinion, one way or the other, doesn't matter. I'm an open book. I take all opinions. I'm not saying I believe them, but I take them. But just scratch your head with that. A $200 million investment to Facebook from a Russian oligarch with ties to Vladimir Putin. That's about 2% of Facebook. So, then pile this on top of it. Facebook put three of their full-time IT workers and embedded them into the Trump campaign to better help them weaponize and target 
the Cambridge Analytical information that they had harvested from Facebook, illegally harvested from Facebook. So this will all be a little more clearer in the wash. As this comes out and when it finally comes out, I truly believe that this will come out exactly like, uh, and Malcolm Nance is a Republican. He is a Republican, but the one thing he is above a Republican, he's a patriot. He's a patriot. And now it seems the only place he can be heard is in progressive liberal uh, environments, progressive liberal radio shows. You'll never see him on Fox because all they'll do is say, oh, oh, you're full of it. They have a way of trying to discredit you with over, or should I say, Gaslighting They'll try to gaslight the hell out of you Just come on to our show We'll treat you fair That's a lie But Malcolm Nance is the only one Who sounded this alarm Over 18 months ago 18 months ago And like I said Everything he has said so far Has come to fruition um, I didn't see it or hear it myself, but uh, I was told that Rachel Maddow believes that Trump is going to pardon Mike Flynn. And let me say this. I don't think so. You know why? Because I think that boat is sailed. I think Mike Flynn has given Mueller everything, what he needs. I think at this moment and this time he has spilled his guts. I'm looking for indictments on Kushner and possibly Donnie Jr. The depth of this conspiracy, and this is not just collusion. This is a conspiracy against America, complete with Americans. And the Americans are doing it for party and their ideology, their conservatism, patriotism be damned. They used to pretend to be the patriots. And it seems to Jump up and bite them in their ass every time you turn around. But um, the attack is, I got to tell you, the attack itself on the investigation, the attack on the Republicans, the Republican-leaning FBI, the Republican-leaning CIA, 
the Republicans attacking other Republicans to further their cause, which is Russia. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care, you know, how you want to look at it and divide it up. They've chosen Russia over the United States. And as the weak little impudent, (laughs) weak Democrats have chosen to simply ride the wave with their silence and capitulate to a louder sound machine. And when I call them weak, I've always said it takes a comedian. It takes a comedian to call them out because he's absolutely right about them. Here you go. And finally, New World Democrats must learn how to support a very important part of their coalition, other Democrats. I know everyone is excited about Connor Lamb winning in Pennsylvania this week, but watching his TV ad is why I worry about how this party fights. My opponent wants you to believe the biggest issue in this campaign is Nancy Pelosi. It's all a big lie. I've already said on the front page of the newspaper that I don't support Nancy Pelosi. Okay, so this was a special election to replace a Republican who was staunchly pro-life but got caught pressuring his mistress to have an abortion. And the Democrats let it become a referendum on Nancy Pelosi. How about this for an ad? Democrats support abortion. So do Republicans when they need one for their girlfriend. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi was never a scary radical. And Democrats long ago made a horrible mistake in deciding that when the Republicans called her that, they would just duck their heads and go along. What Nancy Pelosi did was pass the stimulus that averted a depression, pass the very best version of a health care bill this country's ever had, pass Wall Street reform after the Great Recession and the bill that saved the auto industry, pass the Fair Pay Act. These are things to brag about, not distance yourself from. Learn the lesson that's staring you in the face every day in the person of Donald Trump. Voters don't care about how smart you are. Just don't be a pussy. (laughs) Hillary Clinton got 26% of the vote in West Virginia. Trump did better with Hispanics after calling them rapists and killers. Trump once said to a crowd in Iowa, How stupid are the people of Iowa? And then one Iowa in a landslide. As the people cried, it's about time somebody leveled with us about how stupid we are. Their attitude is insult me, lie to me, just lead me. Hillary had the right plan for coal country. Get them off coal. Now we've got to move away from coal and all the other fossil fuels. But I don't want to move away from the people who did the best they could to produce the energy that we relied on. 
everything about that answer was right. But she did what Democrats always do. The second there was the slightest backlash, she backpedaled. It was a misstatement because what I was saying is that... Stop, stop! You already lost. It wasn't a misstatement, it was the truth. And... She should have said, you heard me, coal is dead, and it's about goddamn time. It's dirty, it's killing the environment, and it's killing you. Instead of pretending it's a great thing that a West Virginia man can die in a hole looking for rocks, just like his daddy and his daddy before that. <laughs> How about we're the party that's going to get you out of the hole? What? What happened to selling the American dream of a better life for your kids? But Democrats are to political courage what Velveeta is to cheese. <laughs> Republicans just added 80 billion to a defense budget that was already more than Russia's, China's, and the next five countries com combined, including Wakanda. <laughs> And the Democrats went right along when they should be saying this isn't defense spending, it's welfare for defense contractors and the reason we never have money for anything else. But just like the Democrats' position on coal, love it, had some for breakfast. And guns, I love the Second Amendment too. They're afraid to make the counter argument. Republicans, they're all claws and sharp teeth and fangs when they fight. The Democrats, their weapon of choice is adaptive coloration. I'm a leaf. Don't eat me. Vote for me, I'm the same pattern as the couch. How about this, Democrats? Let's create a brand new issue out of thin air, just like the Republicans do, and you can use it to practice having balls. <laughs> and we'll pick an issue that actually would help you, and that issue is this. Why the fuck do we need two Dakotas? <laughs> Are they really that different? I don't think so. Combine these two states with a total population of 1.6 million get four senators. California with a total population of, have you seen the 405? Get two. There are more people in California named Dakota than there are in the Dakotas. Real time with Bill Maher. And that's the real truth. That's the real the real back end of it, Democrats simply don't fight. They simply don't know how to message. They simply leave it to everyone else to figure it out rather than saying it. There should be a tsunami of Democrats in front of cameras and microphones screaming about the conspiracy against America, that Republicans, Trump, and all of these surrogates are involved in. 
Cambridge Analytical, Facebook, and now uh, Bolton. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, they used to call him. Uh, they used to call him Captain Crunch. <laughs> they used to call. <laughs> they used to call him Captain Crunch, but John Bolton. Here's another person. He's got a million tied up. A million tied up in Cambridge Analytical. And now when I say he's got millions tied up in Cambridge Analytical, this is not by chance. This is absolutely not by chance. And all they, can he get security clearance to be the national uh, security, uh, what is it, NSA? Can he get clearance with Cambridge with Analytica's work for the John Bolton Super PAC was the very beginning of using improperly obtained Facebook data from tens of millions of Americans, according to whistleblower Chris Wiley. They were, they were one of the uh, first clients of, of Cambridge Analytica to buy in to the psychographic uh, messaging that was developed using the uh, 50 million Facebook profiles that were misappropriated. A spokesman for John Bolton's Super PAC denies knowing of any alleged impropriety by Cambridge Analytica. And the contract stipulates that Cambridge Analytica would follow the law and obtain all necessary permits. That contract obtained by CNN shows the Bolton Super PAC in 2014 initially paid Cambridge Analytica more than $450,000 for behavioral micro-targeting with psychographic messaging. In other words, using data in an entirely new way. So you're not trying to change people's votes or win people's votes at that time. You're change their, change their minds. We want to change their perspective. We want to change their perspective and change how they see things um, this is a really uh, key element of what Cambridge Analytica does. For example, Cambridge Analytica used Facebook data to identify groups in Arkansas, like this so-called cluster, mostly male, 40 to 60 years old, that would be most influenced by imagery that depicts politicians getting jobs done, with subjects like economy and national security. According to Wiley, that information from Facebook was then used to create specific ads targeting those people whose personality traits they had just uncovered, like this 2014 ad Bolton Super PAC created to support Arkansas Republican Tom Cotton in his race for Senate. He'll project U.S. strength at home and abroad. So one neighbor might get a different message from the second neighbor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not even neighbors. It might be some people in the same house get a different message. The messaging would be crafted to, to pick at underlying uh, mental vulnerabilities. Cambridge Analytica was the brainchild of Steve Bannon and funded by Republican conservative billionaires Rebecca and Robert Mercer. Since 2014, Robert Mercer has donated $5 million to John Bolton's Super PAC. The Super PAC, in turn, has spent $1.2 million on contracts with Cambridge Analytica. Andrew joins us now from London. So Cambridge Analytica is not just under fire in the United States, also in London, where you are. Yeah, Anderson, and tonight the U.K.'s Information Commissioner's Office
had a search warrant executed on Cambridge Analytica's headquarters, part of its investigation into whether the company misled the government here and to see if Facebook data may have been illegally acquired and used. That is going on right now. The company already suspended its CEO. What's the reaction been to that? Late this afternoon, Cambridge Analytica sent a statement saying it is not this politically motivated, unethical company, excuse me, Anderson, that some have thought it to portray. As for Christopher Wiley, this is what they say. The source of allegations against the company is not a whistleblower or a founder of the company. Christopher Wiley, the company says, was just a part-time contractor who left in July 2014, has no direct knowledge of our work or practices since that date. Anderson, I can tell you lawmakers here in London and the United States are demanding Cambridge Analytica explain exactly what its practices are and where all that personal data came from. Mm. Now, <laughs> Cambridge Analytica is getting uh, some big-time scrutiny from both London and I can't say the United States because the politics are so partisan and Republicans control the power. I don't look for this Department of Justice to investigate anything. It would be like the Republican House Intelligence Committee investigating something. And they've closed the they've closed the investigation on Russia and the Trump campaign. And I think um as the Mueller investigation goes on, you will see more and more just how partisan, just how anti-American these Republicans are. 929-477-2867. Back in a moment. No matter what, know your values. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Law Right Now Talk Media. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare Show, Real Law Right Now Talk Media. I Declare. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays. 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it's real, raw, and right now, the I Declare Show with India Declare.
welcome back, welcome back. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. For those who want to chime in and tell me something that I may be missing, let's go to the phones. Four oh four. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling True Forks Network. Yeah, how you doing, Alpha? Hey, what's happening? Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing great, and yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's good that you're getting into a lot of this stuff, man. I just want to say just from the beginning, we already know that the right is, uh, you know, can't be redeemed at this point. That they're going to destroy their own side and splinter off into, you know, a bunch of these subgroups that they that they appear to have over there. So I, I think all progressive people kind of have a, a duty to kind of attack the Dems from the left and get them to get on, you know, a, a New Deal progressive platform. But this this uh, this Cambridge uh, little situation, this is interesting because you got a, a nefarious group who operated outside the United States first to gain their reputation, but it wasn't for winning. Like, they didn't do a lot of winning. And over here, uh, during the Trump uh, during the Trump group, they ended up using a lot of the Republican data as opposed to Cambridge because the Cambridge data just wasn't good. But after he won, they started kind of talking their book, you know, as they say about the tech companies, and acting like they were the, you know, the thing that tipped the scales. And you know, the more important uh, part of that is always Facebook and the mistakes that Zuckerberg made. Uh, Wired Magazine did a really long uh, form interview with him and, you know, a real, you know, in-depth article about it. And the failings of Facebook are a much bigger story than that just because of how connected everybody is and the fact that they were more interested in, in getting more bodies and pulling in that ad revenue than really inspecting anything. So it was a free-for-all. And groups like Cambridge, their whole job was to get people not to be enthusiastic about voting. Like, they weren't even on there trying to pump up Trump. They were just trying to attack uh, supporters of the left to get them discouraged about the idea of voting, which, which is an amazing display of how bad your candidate is when you can't even say, hey, come over to our side. You're just trying to, you know, sow seeds of dissension on the other side. But, yeah, you're, you're hitting on a heavy topic, man, but I would recommend everybody check that thing out with Facebook because, this is nowhere near close to being over because there's going to be some talk about nationalizing uh, the big four when it comes to tech companies, when we talk about how much reach they have, how many people they can influence, and how much time people spend on these apps and just the effect that they can have on your mind or about persuading people. So, you know, these, these are dangerous tools in the hands of people who appear to only care about growing uh, as far as population rate uh, within their within their apps and how much money they can make off of advertising. And, you know, that's, that's a whole other story when you talk about uh, the best and brightest of your nation are <laughs> being sent out to California to figure out a new way to keep you on an app longer or to squeeze more ad revenue, uh, you know, <laughs> Out of uh, out of some of these other companies, so they're they're claiming they're going to go to new journalistic standards and they're going to change a lot of things. Uh, but there's a guy Tristan Walker who is into uh, social media uh, behavior and trying to figure out a way to where we can get their ecosystem uh, just 
to be above board to a degree because uh, right now that is uh, it, it is a disinformation device and it's very very dangerous. Well, you you're absolutely right about Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica didn't get that shot in the arm until they harvested the 50 million profiles that were in Facebook. The $200 million buy-in from the oligarch with Kremlin ties to Vladimir Putin basically catapulted Cambridge Analytica to a level of you've given us more address. You've given us 50 million more people to mine, people Mm -hmm. to... People to hack, and that's what they did. The crime here is the irresponsible handling of the information that was voluntarily given to Facebook, that Facebook promised and entered into a consent decree with the FTC to protect. And then it's harvested $50 million by Cambridge Analytica, and you find out that the Russian oligarch gave $200 million to Facebook and that Facebook embedded three full-time IT people into the Trump administration, find them the $2 trillion, period. Yeah. And then yeah. watch them agree. scramble. I, I would agree. And, That's and what I, they're taking, right, they're take, like I said, they're taking some of their, their stances and acting like, well, I will put it like this. It's like somebody shooting an arrow and then drawing a bullseye around it. So they claim they can figure out voter tendencies based on the big five personality traits. So that was their thing, looking at your purchases, looking at the things you were interested in, and by that they could extrapolate, okay, this is this kind of voter. So we'll target them to try to discourage them from voting uh, in their local area. Or we'll figure out a way to kind of give this information to the right, who will figure out a way to what. Uh, you know, shut down polling centers, uh, shorten hours from polling well, time, you know, all the other exactly. you know, raggedy stuff they've been doing. So it, 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 it's a really deep topic. And even a simpler analogy is throw rocks, hide your hands until you see somebody bleeding. <laughs> until you yes, see sir. where that rock is struck. I mean, that's, that's basically what they've done. But see, the 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 root of this is Facebook. And Facebook yeah. with the now uh and take it from someone who has only discovered who is about as ignorant, as stupid, as dumb about IT issues as a box of rocks. And that would be me. All the way up until two thousand and eight. I can't tell you how many times I've been on the phone with um my CEO, and she just can't get her head around how dumb I am about computers. And I've I've never had a computer before 2008. I even had trouble how to sign it in. <laughs> My son had to show me how to turn it on. Had to he literally had to show me how to turn it on. I said, well, I opened it up, brand new computer. I said, now what? <laughs> He reached over and, and, and pushed the little button and it, and it came up and I looked up at him and I'm going, don't you dare call me stupid. 
<laughs> what I don't know, I don't know. But that is just simply, I say all of that to say this. You have so many people in this country, especially people of color. Now, I'm not saying all people of color. I'm saying so many people of color who are just bombarded with all of this nonsense, all of the things that the youth deem as important, be it brand name shoes, be it be it whatever. But they don't pay attention to the important things. And Facebook is a release. Facebook is actually the social network that gets them going, that gets their uh, fluids pumping, that keeps them in a constant scene of drama, a constant back and forth, a constant argument. You name it, they will capitulate to it. They are all in with the drama. And that's why I say yeah. Facebook is at the root of this. Yeah, like there's a part of it to where it's like people of that of the generations who are younger than us, they don't see privacy as an issue because they've been so open within their lives through these social media networks that to them it's normal to always check in when you go places, always document what you've done, and you know you know the whole like. But but the issue becomes like that that morals uh, uh, research that I was talking about from Tristan Harris, where it's like. These apps and social media and these things you work on, there's a certain amount of dopamine that you get to a pleasure uh, pleasure uh, release to the brain that you get when you look at your phone and there's a mention of you on one of these sites. You know, oh, I got to go check that mention. Or, you know, there's stories right. that are you know, codified for you to go check. Hey, you might be interested in this. So it's a constant, constant struggle to figure out how do we keep you on this app 24-7 and engage because that means more money for us and more users and more influence. So at this point, like this is not just a, a, a you know, innocent thing of connecting with your high school friends who you haven't seen in years by sending a message. Like this is a data device that's ultimately, like these are the tools an authoritarian could really, really abuse. And it's like we're giving this away voluntarily and now we've seen them uh, actually intervene in an election and cause a, a huge problem that Zuckerberg and company are still trying to, you know, figure out how bad the damage is going to be for them public relations-wise. And, you know, this stuff has to be addressed. So I'm, I'm glad you're bringing it up, and, uh, you know, I'm going to shorten it uh, here, but th- these are things we're going to have to look into. We cannot just simply allow uh, four companies to have this much control or this much access to people's daily thoughts opinions and how they feel about themselves as well. Like they're talking about the, the analytics on there. Uh, some of the algorithms, they can tell when someone is depressed by the pictures and then start sending them vacation ads or makeup ads for young women who look depressed, like things like that where it's like, whoa, this is much more than people signed up for. Right, right, because you see, and I'm going to – Four, four, I didn't get your name. I'm sorry. No, this is Naj, man. And Shout I didn't. Out to you. Shout out to the whole Naj. Okay, okay. I, 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 I kind of recognize the voice, but I didn't want to guess Naj. I'll say it like this: I go to Facebook, and one of the things that 
tickled me so bad is the is the acting out the misbehavior. You see these clowns and they're fighting, and they've got these uh, orchestrated uh, scenarios that they go by. It's entertaining, but that's about it. When I see a story or I see something there, I take I don't take it. I take it with a grain of salt until I can look into it and research it. But they know that this is not everybody. And I'll tell you like this. This is what think tanks do. They figure this kind of stuff out. This is why Republicans, especially the Koch brothers, run so many think tanks. And over on the progressive side, why, we're, we're happy to argue about how big of a crook Hillary is. She may be a crook. She may be absolutely everything. They, oh, she said this about black people back in 93. But what did Trump say about black people back then? What did these Republicans say about black people back then? You, have, you can't be this one-issue voter. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because I wanted Hillary Clinton. There was mm-hmm. no other choice. And when I say no other choice... Uh, Jill Stein, Green Party, didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. And the only other choice was Donald Trump. Now, for all of those never Hillary mofos, well, now you got Donald Trump, and I hope you're happy. I hope every person who was a no Hillary this, a no Hillary that, is happy. Because I voted for the Affordable Care Act the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, the EPA, the FCC, the FDA, the FTC, Supreme Court justices. I voted for right to choice. I voted for so many other things than the crooked Hillary. There is no one can sit and tell me. I I think a lot of of the, the attacks on Hillary to a certain point, they got beyond what, what they were actually worth. So it's like, okay, you're, hurt, you're hitting her from the left on the things she hasn't been progressive enough on. Agreed. <clears throat> but we don't want to put two people together and act like all things are equal. This person is unqualified, is going to let right-wing hysteria wash over the nation, and is going to be a failure on things that affect people's lives. So, yeah, I agree. There was no choice well, there when it came to – this election, well, we're, but as of right now, looking at the terrain we have now, DSA is on the rise. Uh, in, the indivisible movement is bigger than the Tea Party ever was. The Me Too movement, uh, huge, still going forward. So there is a chance that even despite all the gerrymandering and everything else they've done, uh, to turn that Republican Party into a relic of the past. Because their ideas don't actually work, as we see in the three states that took on those conservative tax policies, and now they're all, you know, (laughs) underwater and financially destroyed. And we're seeing him in in real time uh, just destroy American institutions. So there comes a point to where it's now like, okay, the left has to get their stuff together. What things are important to us and what things should should we uh, be able to agree upon? There's got to be a way to, to figure that out because, I mean, 2016 is over, man. we got to let that go and just keep fighting and pushing no. these folks because, I mean, they're going to have a hard time even getting their voters to come out to support this stuff. 
I'm saying, and I say no because of this. Sorry. Right, and I say no because of this. You let 2016 go, it all washes under the bridge, and everyone wants to start with a new slate. You know why? Because that's what the right will push. If you don't remember what has happened, you will forget what's in front of you. These are never again enough for the Me Too movement and the whole nine yards, the resistance, the all of that is working in our favor. The mm-hmm. pushback on these voter suppression laws, these gerrymandered maps, that's what's going to turn the tide. When you see how this man became president, have you ever watched the documentary uh, The Best uh, Democracy Money Can Buy by Greg yeah, Palas? Yeah, Greg Palas. Well, yeah, yeah, with, really with the cross-check with the cross the cross checklist and how millions mm. of progressive democratic voters were purged, people of color in Michigan, in Detroit, Michigan and in Flint yep. were purged. He only won Michigan by ten thousand votes. Ten thousand votes. And yet hundreds of thousands of people were purged from the Detroit area and the Flint area. He only won Wisconsin by twenty six thousand votes when there are 200,000 people purged and there are over 275,000 votes that were uncounted. Mm-hmm. So when people say you, he won, the same in all. If in Mexico, they could cross-check your vote with Cindy Rodriguez in Michigan and say, we think this is the same person. Therefore, you both uh, votes which, aren't going to be counted. That Chris Kobach said, this right, is what which they is, did. Which, but, but my point is, which was nothing but election anymore. They don't actually even have conservative policies anymore. The only thing they can sell is reactionary otherism. That's all they have. So at that point, they have to rig elections, rig uh, districts, and do all these other, you know, the various things in, in, in order to win because they're not actually for anything anymore. So that's why I'm saying that the left has to show what we're for, what we're about. And the things that matter. I'm talking Medicare for all. I'm talking about uh, a New Deal jobs program. Uh, that that great. What was it? The New Bill of Rights. I think that they released a couple weeks ago. That white paper from the the what do they call the New Money uh, Economist. Like those are the things that that actually affect people's lives that we actually have to get on. But I'm with you though on everything else. I'm not saying forget 2016. I'm just saying. There has to be a democratic platform people can touch, taste, and feel. You go back to that Hillary site, the things were listed in alphabetical order. It's like, okay, what do Dems care about? Well, here's a list, alphabetical order, things we care about. There's no priority there, no you know, sense of emergency, well, which was needed. Well, I'm saying, and I've said this from day one, when people, I was for Bernie Sanders. But when they stole it, took it, did what they did with to Bernie Sanders, and Hillary became the choice, you had people f- with their arms folded, pouting, and uh, filling up their diapers, sitting at home. And I'm and I was simply like this: It's called political reality. Now you've got a choice: Are you going to participate and keep Donald Trump out of the White House and work on pulling? the Democratic Party back to the left, from center-right back to the left? 
or are you going to give it all up to Donald Trump? And they chose to give it all up to Donald Trump. We are on the brink of nuclear war. He will fire Bob Mueller, and he will continue down the path. 2018 will be uh, a date of gridlock. It will be the beginning of a gridlock period, unless he does radical things. And see, one of the radical things he did was cancel uh, the DACA. He canceled Mm -hmm. DACA so he can offer it and hold it as hostage. So he can give you some uh, explanation as to you take this and I'll give you DACA. He wants to end chain migration, which his wife, family, father and mother are part of chain migration. But it's okay because it's for them. So when we got we got to be careful with trying to paint him as this uh, smart as a fox guy. The other part of this is he's an idiot. He thought he'd be able to use he's an idiot. And the Dems would back down and shut that, or the Dems would go full steam and shut down the government over DACA, and then he could campaign on that. Well, when that didn't happen, he yeah, just the, became a guy. The who Dems didn't shut down the government. Right. He becomes a guy who, who Dem- agrees with stuff in the meeting and then backs out of it afterwards, which he's done multiple times. Right. Even this last omnibus bill, he tried to do that same maneuver, and the Dems laughed at him because everybody knows his word is no good. So he talks about Iran. Shutting down, uh, you know, uh, putting the sanctions back in. Well, you can't put the sanctions back in because they didn't violate. And if you think you can impose sanctions as one nation when everybody else clearly sees they didn't violate, then those sanctions won't actually be effective. So we saw with North Korea. He claims he wants to talk. Then he brings in Bolton. (laughs) So, I mean, this dude (laughs) at a certain point. Let them be incompetent. That is a great thing. That's the one great thing about all of this. So you're dealing with this guy who's just flailing. He does the, the steel and aluminum uh, tariff, which is going to hurt the U.S. more than it's going to hurt anybody else. Uh, Mexico and Canada are going to take over uh, a whole lot of market share like they did the last time this was tried during the W. Bush term. And in America, the steel firms who hire more people, now they're going to have problems with the people that they supply because the, the automobile industry, the canning industry, all these other industries are now going to have to pay more and lose workers. So it's just failure after failure after failure, and his supporters who are being at a certain point emotionally held hostage, um, they're going to have to deal with the hard reality of their lives, which is going to make it harder and harder to get out there and support this guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean – they will still recognize they you know, in finishing I'm gonna say this. His his supporters will still support him because it doesn't matter what he does. They support him with the foundation, with the anchor of bigotry. That's the only yeah. thing that they have in common is their hatred for minorities, immigration, and a propensity to be nationalist. Nas, thank you for calling, man. I really appreciate your participation. All right, I'll put you on. Uh, I'll put you on mute and. Okay, brother Nas, I, I I hear his voice. I recognize his voice. I just can never remember his name, and I apologize, Nas. But uh, thank you for your call. Let me see four two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. 
Let me go here. Like I don't know who this is. 646, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Hey, Alpha, what's going Jay? on? How you doing, brother? Brother, I'm doing decent. I'm day-to-day, baby. I'm day-to-day. That's all I can hope well, for, right. being day-to-day. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with being day-to-day. Where my girl BJ at? She called in already? No, no, no. She has not called in. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I do believe she might be on punishment or something because uh, she ain't been treating Janice right. So um, she ain't been treating who right? <laughs> she ain't been treating Janice right. Oh Lord, have mercy. Get it together, BJ. Get it together. But listen, Alpha. You know, I, 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 I take issue when you talk about the gerrymandering and all of that in regards to these states. You know, in a way, yes, there is gerrymandering and all of that voter suppression and all of these <laughs> things but you going take on. Issue with it? Yeah, I, I take issue ahead, because my issue, I'm going to tell you what my issue is. My issue is that the Democratic Party knows that this is going on and they're not really doing anything about it. They're not putting forward the narrative well enough for people to really understand it. They have no real plan in place to fight it. Okay, they go to court and they may win some victories and things of that nature. But when it comes down to educating the populace and the people of the states that this is happening in, they're not doing anything really as far as I'm concerned. Because what happens is, let's say they go to court and they win, and then these these gerrymandered districts have to be changed. The question really becomes, are they changed in enough time for the word to get out, for the people to understand that if they do vote, they will be able to make a difference in those districts? I don't think that that's happening. I think that's one of the issues that happened in places like um, Michigan last, last time. Because, you know, the bottom line is, in all truthfulness, the reason why the Democrats lost is because if Hillary Clinton was a terrible, disgusting candidate who figured that she had it won, and she didn't have it won. So in the process, now you got this animal in office, and he's an animal, a nitwit, a dummy, an absolute fool. But then again, is he really? And then again, is he really all of those things? Because look at what he's doing. It's like you know they make this comment about he says he likes chaos, and if you think about it, that's all that's going on is chaos. And in the process. He puts sick individuals in key positions that will definitely cause more chaos, cause more problems. So you constantly have an infect and balance in a society that in the process, time you get them the hell out of there, there may be so much damage done that you really won't be able to repair it. I mean, this whole thing with the tariffs. That's gonna be that's gonna be major. That's gonna show what type of individual and what type of leader he really is with this tariff thing, I believe. This is gonna be the telling thing on the world stage. Because China's not gonna back down to him. 
China, 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 China. in all honesty, I think are, are, are going to manipulate him because he has no real experience in government, and they're going to dog him. And then the thing is, if it was any other country, a psycho like Bolton would talk about, well, we need to go to war with him. But they can't do that with China. You see what I'm saying? So in the process, I think when China starts to make deals with other nations, probably over in Africa and other places, you're going to then see America try to go in there and cause conflicts in those countries. I'll give you a perfect example. Think about China trying to make deals with Canada and Mexico. After they, after this tariff thing comes into play. I mean, look at it. If they say we're going to charge America 25% tariff on pork, and then they go to some place like Mexico and try to do a deal with Mexico in regards to buying pork from them, what do you think America will that's do? What a trade, that's what a trade war is all about, the destabilization right. of the American power throughout the world. Yeah, and when but you the say thing, but the thing is there's no you, reason for it. There's no reason for it, what? It's no reason for, this, for a trade for, war. There's no reason you, for a trade you, war but do you believe in the trade war? Are you supporting are you, you supporting with I am te- I am telling you that the reason he started the trade war was because it puts a a shiny object over here so you don't see what the investigation is bringing out. The trade war is nothing more than a distraction. He's already given Canada and Mexico exemptions on certain items, but he's pushing the trade war more and more. It will damage this country. It will take the United States off as the world leader in some of everything. And oh, if no not question. all, I, I agree with you. I agree with and you. The Kremlin, and the Kremlin and the people on the other side, the KGB, former KGB stop, agent, stop, stop with that. Vladimir stop Putin, with that. No, they will. No, no, stop, stop with what? Stop right. with that. He, he doesn't, with this he doesn't, whole Russia he doesn't thing? exist. No, this, no, 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 I won't stop Russia with that because no you play. simply don't understand, Jay. Jay, no, no, you no. don't understand. Russia has no play in this. Let me tell you why Russia has no why play don't in this. Why don't they? And think, why and don't think they? about this. Because the bottom line in all of this boils down to this. Russia is doing the same thing that America does around the world. There's no difference from what Russia is doing than what we do in, in most countries around the world. They go about doing the same thing. It's part of the game. I don't it's disagree with process. that. But the I point don't of the matter with is, that, but guess who's been caught? Guess who's been caught? No, no, no. America's been caught. America's been caught. You don't think America's been caught manipulating? Because America's been exposed to manipulating. America's been caught. A long time ago, Jay. Okay. Okay, so so what changes? Nothing changes. The government the government the government wasn't kicked out of office. That nothing changed. Here's the difference. This Jay. is why I'm saying no, difference. no, no. That it's it's yo. Listen, listen. If that was the case, and it was as serious as you proclaim it to be, you have 
laws in place and systems in place that if this was so true, that he shouldn't be in office. Let's keep it real. Who, if Trump? It was really, Who, Trump? No question. No question, yeah. No question. If things were done in this proper fashion, based on the laws of this nation, he shouldn't be in office. If there's so much con- collusion and manipulation on the part of our you don't election think that, You don't think there was Russian Russia, collusion? You don't think, think there was Russian I think, collusion? I think, I think there was Russia manipulation, just like I think there may have been Israeli manipulation. I think there may have been um, Europe manipulation. I think there may have been Brazilian manipulation. I think I think all types of manipulation were in play, just like America goes into all of these countries and play a part in their elections. So the thing is, this is where I think we're missing the point. If you take a notice at what's going on with DACA, right? You brought up DACA earlier. You're telling me that this whole situation with DACA hasn't been fixed because of what reason? I'd say one of the reasons is because of Pelosi and Schumer. I think if you why? notice, do you? Oh, I'm going to tell why? you why. Because I'm going to tell you because that they really feel they need to fix because it doesn't really affect the constituency at this point. They feel as though if they allow this to continue, maybe those DACA individuals and those that are surrounding them will go to the side of the so-called Democrats. You ever wonder why you never hear Pelosi and Schumer? No, no, listen to what I'm saying to you. Do you ever notice why you never hear Schumer and Pelosi talk about impeaching the president? You ever notice that? You ever question yourself you never, and ask you yourself hear, why? No, I don't. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. You know why? Because, because they're friends. Very, they in cahoots with one another. They're all friends. So they're all yeah, friends. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying uh, is they, it doesn't Jay, benefit. Jay, it's it in front of your face. It, Jay, it's in How front of your it? face, and you won't, you won't see it. What am I you not won't seeing? see it. It's, it you, what you're not seeing is the attempt at statesmanship from Schumer and Pelosi. What you are hearing is what? impeachment coming from other venues in the Democratic Party who don't have as much power. People who see you've got the Maxine Waters, but she's a nobody, but she's still calling for impeachment. You don't see the or hear from the people who are calling for impeachment. How about those clowns who call themselves the Black Caucus? How about uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who's who basically Hakeem called him Jeffrey a traitor. Is a joke. He's a joke. Hakeem okay, Jeffries. So you, Hakeem so, Jeffries so you consider him a joke. My point of, you consider my point him of the a matter joke. is this. He is, Ask yourself this He is question. a congressman if in your state. If the Democrats control, I just told you he's a joke. I know him. It's not like I don't know him. I've met him a numerous no, no time, spoke to him. I'm telling you he's a joke. I don't, I'm not calling the man a joke. If I don't know he's a joke, I know what his position is. I've seen how he's operated. He's a joke. My question to you is always this. Let's say come November, Democrats get control of the Congress. 
do you realistically think that there's going to be systematic changes? Do you well, really think be. anything is going to get better? Jay, 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 there cannot be uh, a big move in things getting better because they don't control the Senate and they don't control the White House. So, therefore, anything they pass cannot be accomplished. The same thing was the case when we suffered gridlock when we had the Senate and the presidency and they took over the House. The same thing. Okay, you were but, talking what, but what about happened when you had what happened when Obama what happened when Obama had control of all three branches? What did he do? All three branches. Did he do anything? Now let me tell you what happened. will you let me tell you what happened? Yeah, you wanna you wanna in and out question. This is what happened. You had enough blue dogs in the House and enough blue dogs in the Senate. You had, uh, what was the girl name in Arkansas? Blanche Lincoln. You had the Max Marcuses. You had the, uh, what's the, the guy who ran as a Democratic vice president candidate? You had all of those blue dogs, and he went with the Republicans and turned on the Democrats. You had a Harry Reid who wouldn't nuclear blow up the damn filibuster to get the agenda through. This wasn't all on Obama. This wasn't all on Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi passed 500 bills that the Republicans successfully filibustered. And this was to bring jobs back from overseas and give tax credits to the people who brought them back and to stop giving tax credits for the outsources. This was to change the tax Laws to okay, so let's say you get control. That, that, let's say you shut down these defense departments. No, that's all. These, that's these, all. But the question this military becomes, industrial complex. That's what Alpo. they were passing bills to do. Alpo, and question, you simply um, won't acknowledge that. No, it doesn't. I acknowledge. I, no, no, no. The question becomes: Will the Democrats behave in the same manner? In November, when they gain control of, let's say, the Congress, and let's say they get lucky and gain control of the Senate, will they then filibuster everything? Will they then try to do all of the necessary things to weaken the clown in office? Will they then try well, to impeach him? Let me, let me put it like this. This is what I would expect them to do, to stop the damage that this clown is doing sitting in office to begin to defund the things that he wants to do. He's already gutted the government, gutted the, the not just the State Department, but every single department, the EPA, the FTC, the FT, all of these, the Howard Hood, he's gutted all of them by oh, simply vacating the people. They can stop that. They can stop that. And then you look forward to 2020, and you march ahead. This isn't about uh, solving the problem all in one fell swoop. I understand I the fact that Democrats are some of the weakest. I didn't say that. I said this is not about solving the problem Mark, in one fell swoop. I am simply saying it's going to take some years. And since everybody was anti-Hillary, you see, Hillary was far from a great candidate, but Hillary was our best bet 
to hold on to what we had. Hillary was our best well, bet to keep the the water and the air from being polluted through the, the through the taking down of the EPA, the Department of Education from being destroyed and public money moved into charter schools. This was the difference. This was political reality that I spoke of. And people simply just didn't want to hear it. So now we've got Donald Trump, and now I hope all of the anti-Hillary people are happy. The well, Affordable I, I Care Act it. is damn near good. I look at it this way. I look at it. I look at it this way, and and I really feel this way. All of the people who voted for Trump are suffering just as much as the next. You understand what I'm saying? Don't I don't care. think that they're. I in, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I it's that they that. don't care. I think they don't understand what's being done to them. I, I really think that with all of the shenanigans that are going on. And the smoke screens that are being played and the manipulation of the media making this whole Stormy Daniels thing into such a big thing instead of talking about the other things that are such danger towards the United States, you know, like Bolton. I think Bolton is probably one of the most dangerous people that this country has ever had in public office. In a real, real long time, man. Because so, so let him preemptive strike he's Korea. Not, why don't Why me? don't we just sit back and watch? Why don't we just sit back and watch him preemptive strike on Korea and to see the millions well, well, of people that died that within the that. first day? Yeah, but he can't. But he can't do that. He can't do that. He'll see, he'll talk. See, he'll under, talk that fool into doing it. Oh yeah. He'll no, talk no, no, that fool no, into doing it. No, no, I don't think so. You know why he can't do it? In all honesty. Because of the fallback will be so damaging on so many levels. From who? From who? Oh, I, Republicans I aren't going to challenge him? No, no, no. no. I, think, I think the economically around the world would cause great, 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 great travesty based on the simple fact oh. that it's too close to China. It's too close to China, man. It's too close to that. I know it's that. It's too close to that I, reason. I know that. See, they can get away with not what only they will did China not China not allow that. and all of that. That's what I'm saying. No, not only will so, China so, not not only will China not allow that, but Russia won't allow that. That's why right, I, I don't foresee that happening. Now, ask but that's not to say question. he won't do it. No, but but see, it's a matter. It's a matter of the of of of, of being a, a poker player. Sometimes you put the bluff out there knowing that you're going to get spanked for the bluff. That's what I think in a way that they're doing it. Because think about this. Now, when you say a preventive strike, what do you see that as him maybe dropping a bomb on them? That's not a you, nuclear you, bomb. No, 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 no. Um, a preemptive strike doesn't mean a nuclear no, that's preemptive what I'm strike is just that. A nuclear, I'm, I didn't say that. I did. No, I say a nuclear preemptive strike. I said no, a preemptive no, no, strike. I, I asked you. That's why I was asking you to clarify when you said it because people, no, I, people I, make that. I would have. My, you know, my clarification is nuclear preemptive strike. If that's what I mean, I said a preemptive strike. Just like he wants to preemptive strike Iran. Just like he wants to pre his first Bolton's first his first move is war. 
And can you tell me something? If he's going to be head of the national security, whatever it is, NSA, how does he get security clearance with his ties to the people involved? With with his ties to Cambridge, he couldn't even get clearance. With his ties to to the neo Nazis, and he couldn't get clearance years ago. So now he's going to get what? Well, I think he doesn't. I think he doesn't need clearance. Yes, it's up for yeah. I think he doesn't need. I think he doesn't need Clarence now. This is a position that Clarence isn't required. I think I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on it. But from what I've heard on numerous shows, well, he doesn't need that type how, of clearance. That's you know? how Mike Flynn. That's how Mike Flynn fell, because well, there were questions about there were questions about his dealings and what they knew, what the intelligence community had gathered on him, and him being a foreign agent. His clearance was in question. I don't think I don't and think Bolton is on that Justice Department. The Justice Department went to the Trump administration and told them he's a yeah, foreign agent. Yeah, but Bolton agent. isn't on that level. Put him there. Yeah, but and Bolton isn't on Flynn's anyway. level. But Bolton is not on Flynn's level. They're, they're not the same type of operatives around the world. You know what I mean? Bolton doesn't have the type of ties to other other nations that um, Flynn did. He's, he's never worked on that stage I, I from my understanding. As a recess appointment to the yes, says as a recess appointment to the United Nations by George W. Bush and the ties he has in Russia, and he has ties in Russia. Cambridge Analytical operates operational bases in Russia. So when you begin well, to Cambridge say and- Cambridge Analytical, you know what's so funny about them is how long has that company been in existence? I don't even think they've been in existence that long. It's amazing how that company was able to do the things that it was able to do within the period of time that they were. And I don't even think the company has has been in existence for 10 years, if that long. I think, I think they were no. new. A no. new company. Bolton, so Bolton donated a million dollars to Cambridge Analytical in 2014, and to get his, to get his, uh, what do they call it? The, the pact of the political pacts, the the uh, pacts that they can donate to candidates to get that going. They were using Cambridge Analytical to mine the information and weaponize the the information, and then. They took the 50 million uh, profiles from Facebook. They stole the 50 million profiles from Facebook that Facebook was supposed to be guarding. After the $200 million investment from the Russian oligarch into Facebook, this opened the door for Cambridge Analytical. So well, you, you, you have to dig, you have to mine deep into the history of how each thing fell. And Cambridge Analytical didn't be become a big problem. It's going to be interesting, Jay. And, and at the very least, it'll be interesting. Well, hey, look, I, I got a few you minutes. Take I care of yourself and be good. All right? Good talking to you as always. All I'll right, be on Jay. Home, so I can hey, thanks for calling, man. All right, brother. All right. Thanks for calling, Jay. Appreciate it, man. Our brother Jay. I do believe brother Jay is out of New York. 
but uh, yeah, some interesting uh, some interesting takes on exactly what's going on. There have been you know quite a few um, quite a few uh, not just observations, but exposures. There have been people who are not pristine, people who aren't squeaky clean themselves, people who simply you can't totally hit your wagon to. But I can honestly say maybe for a different reason than I am. They are patriots nevertheless. And the recognition that they are and they recognize what Trump is. And Trump is flat out and out uh, a threat, a threat to our national security, and he ought to be treated as such. And I just want you to the best the the best thing in this next clip I want you to listen for are the credentials. This man may not be Mister Squeaky Clean. He may have had his hands, his dirty little hands, and a lot of the dirty little stuff that America has done. But nevertheless, the one thing I'll have in common with him is my agreement with him on what he says about this clown. Here you go. Commander in the Persian Gulf wrote this on Twitter, quote, Reluctantly, I have concluded that President Trump is a serious threat to U.S. national security. He is refusing to protect vital U.S. interests from active Russian attacks. It is apparent that he is, for some unknown reason, under the sway of Mr. Putin. This deserves a word here about Barry McCaffrey. At his retirement, as we said, he was the youngest and most heavily decorated four-star general in the history of the U.S. Army. Four combat tours, a bronze star, three purple hearts, multiple combat wounds, two silver stars, two distinguished service crosses, graduate of Phillips Academy and West Point. He's the former commander-in-chief of Southern Command. He's the former U.S. drug czar. Just this week, Great Britain expelled 23 Russian diplomats over that nerve agent attack on British soil, prompting the U.K.'s closest allies to formally condemn the Kremlin. The White House announced it would finally impose sanctions on Russia, at the same time making the startling admission that Russian cyber attacks threatened American nuclear power plants. And we learned that Robert Mueller has subpoenaed documents from the Trump Organization. The president has said little about any of these developments as he heads into the weekend, as we mentioned, with no public events scheduled. With us again tonight, Tolu Erlerunipa, White House correspondent for Bloomberg. Jeremy Bash has agreed to stick around for just a bit. And joining our conversation, Pulitzer Prize-winning presidential historian and author John Meacham. Uh, Tolu, let's start with you, the viewpoint of the White House. It was said on this broadcast and elsewhere, the U.S. was nudged into kind of appropriate behavior, behaving, behaving as we used to uh, long ago, two years ago, uh, where it concerned Russia. Yeah, if you look at all of the various things that both uh, President Putin and the government of Russia have done attacking the U.S., 
meddling in our elections, uh, meddling in our uh, infrastructure and in our power plants and our electrical grid, uh, and also uh, attacking uh, allegedly one of our closest allies with the uh, nerve, ag nerve agent attack in, in Britain. And we have not heard very much from the president in terms of a response. We finally did see some sanctions this week, but even those sanctions were seen as sort of just a, uh, a very minor uh, response given all of the various uh, things that Russia has done. And uh, both sides of the aisle, both Republicans and Democrats, are calling for the president and for the administration to do more uh, to really step up to Russia. We, this is a president who uh, is willing to talk tough against our enemies and uh, talk tough against our, our, some of our allies. But when it comes to Putin, there seems to be this blind spot where he does not want to say anything negative about the president of Russia or about uh, the government of Russia saying that he wants to get along with them, saying that uh, he thinks that he can make deals with Russia. But it's clear that uh, whatever tactics he's using to try to uh, get Russia to act in the best interests of the United States have not worked so far. And it's clear that it's uh, starting to wear the patience thin, uh, both Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill. Salud, thank you. And Jeremy, over to you. Uh, given your time spent in the structure of the U.S. defense community, if you don't know Barry McCaffrey, McCaffrey personally, talk about him reputationally and what would have led a man with uh, as many decorations on his chest, uh, as many administrations as he has worked for, to say what he did. And on this program, Brian, I've disagreed with him on some analytical points, but one has to respect, one has to admire, one has to honor his dedication to country, his patriotism, and his spot-on analysis of what's threatening American national security and his deep concern that the Russian Federation has unexplained leverage over the president of the United States, and that is compromising the president's ability to defend our country against Russian attacks and to stand side by side with a critical ally when Russia attacks that, attacks that ally. We have to pay heed to General McCaffrey's warning tonight. Uh, John Meacham, uh, in earlier times, like 9 p.m. Eastern Time, you and I had basically the back half of the broadcast tonight to have a thoughtful conversation about what it is we've just witnessed. We'll have to put that off till 2019, but for now, what have we just witnessed today uh, in this administration and how it differs from any known norms? Well, it does differ from any known norm. And on General McCaffrey's point, I'm reminded of something that a saying I always associate with Jim Baker, the former Secretary of State, who said, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck and swims like a duck, you know, it might just be a duck. And so at a certain point, common sense kicks in about, uh, about the president and, and the relationship with Putin. The one thing that I think links all of these uh, stories, Russia, uh, Director McCabe, uh, the uh, the Stormy Daniels uh, business is what the Greeks taught us a long time ago: character is destiny. And as Michelle Obama said uh, really brilliantly in 2016, the presidency doesn't change who you are; it reveals who you are. And the one thing that links all of these stories is that we have a president who is entirely running things on what is best for him and what he thinks will get him through a particular moment. He has raised brazenness to a governing philosophy, and that's the world we're living in. Uh, am I right to say that if not a Friday night massacre, what we've seen with Mr. McCabe is most certainly, at minimum, a Friday night takedown? 
Absolutely. And, and it, it, it's going to raise a huge number of concerns about rule of law. This is why presidents don't get into these things, or not supposed to get into these things. You know, the Justice Department is, is like all institutions, it's a human institution, it's got its failings. But, you know, it really began its modern life as an arm of the federal government to fight the Ku Klux Klan during Reconstruction. It's an institution that was created to enforce law and to try to stay as removed from politics as possible. And what the president's done, again, because to him this is all uh, paintball, uh, it's all media paintball, then he's just decided that this is a, a useful target for him today. And I must say, I, I, it will stun me. And you know, whenever you make predictions at this point, we always have to remember that Donald Trump is president, so what the hell do any of us know? But it, it will really surprise me if some evening we are not sitting here talking about some strike against Bob Mueller. Um, and in 30 seconds of brilliance, Steve Schmidt's favorite word is rigor. And he keeps saying, as a lover of words, I know you're going to concur at some point, he keeps saying that the lack of rigor in public life right now from this administration is appalling to him. Well, it's, it's, it's Mad Max. I mean, we're just, it, it, it's, it's not real except it is. Uh, another way of putting it is, Washington seemed to be acting like a reality show. It didn't seem to be taking the concerns of the people as seriously as it should. And so the right number of voters in the right number of states in an electoral college system sent a reality TV star there. But be careful what you wish for. Uh, if anyone who was paying attention during 2016 should not be surprised about what's happening right now. That doesn't mean it's acceptable. It means we have to stay as united as possible and try to insist on those norms against all odds. Absolutely. You must stay engaged because it could be worse. <laughs> Just think about it. It could be worse. Yes, I would have preferred to see Hillary there. Her weakness in the whole nine yards. At least we wouldn't be running from the beginning of what potentially seems to be a first strike on Iran or a strike on on uh, Korea. Don't get it twisted. This is not some either-or situation. I agree. You can talk about the Democrats all you want. I talk about them also. But what I also understand is the political reality. If you don't engage the Democratic Party and pull them back further to the left, it's all over. It's all lost. You will never win. You will never triumph. These people have money behind them, and they're willing to spend it. And they're willing to spend it pure and simple. And that's what they've been doing. You're not going to get around it by beating the drum of who's bad and who's not bad, of who was weak and who's not weak, of what Democrats have done 
and, oh, we've done it too. You're damn right we've done it. I've never said that the United States never meddled in other countries' affairs because they most certainly have. But it's all about what we will tolerate. And I'll tell you like this, a nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. For the traitor appears, not as a traitor. He speaks in the accents familiar to his victims, and he appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of a city. He infects the body politics so that it can no longer resist a murder unless to be feared. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. The following are true stories. May 26, 2003, Aaron Ralston was hiking. A boulder fell on his right hand. He waited four days. Then he amputated his own arm with a pocket knife. On New Year's Eve, a woman who was bungee jumping in Zimbabwe, the cord broke. She then fell into a river and had to swim back to land in crocodile-infested waters with a broken collarbone. Claire Champlin was smashed in the face by a five-pound watermelon being propelled by a slingshot. Matthew Robis was hit by a javelin. David Striegel was punched in the mouth by a kangaroo. The most amazing part of these stories when asked about the experience, they all smiled, shrugged, and said, I guess things could have been worse. So go ahead. Tell me that you're having a bad day. Tell me about the traffic. Tell me about your boss. Tell me about the job you've been trying to quit for the past four years. Tell me the morning is a townhouse burning to the ground. Tell me the snooze button is a fire extinguisher. Tell me the alarm clock stole the key to your smile, drove it into 7 a.m., and the crash totaled your happiness. Tell me, tell me, tell me how blessed are we to have tragedy so small it can fit on the tips of our tongues. You see, when Evan, you see, when Evan lost his legs, he was speechless. When my cousin was assaulted, she didn't speak for 48 hours. When my uncle was murdered, we had to send out a search party to find my father's voice. Most people, most people, most people have no idea that tragedy and silence have the exact same address. When your day is a museum of disappointments hanging from events that were outside of your control. When you find yourself flailing in an ocean of why is this happening to me. When it feels like your guardian angel put in his two-week notice two months ago and just decided not to tell you. When it feels like God is a babysitter that's always on the phone. When you get punched in the esophagus by a fistful of life. Remember that every year two million people die of dehydration. So it doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. There's water in the cup. Drink that shit and stop complaining. You see, muscles. Muscle is created by repeatedly lifting things that have been designed to weigh us down. So when your shoulders feel heavy, stand up straight, lift your chin, hell, call it exercise. Remember that life is a gym membership with a really complicated cancellation policy. Remember that you will survive. Remember things could be worse. Remember we are never, ever given anything that we can't handle. When the world crumbles around you, you have to look at the wreckage and then build a new one out of all the pieces that are still here. Remember, you are still here. The human heart beats approximately 4,000 times per hour. Each pulse, each throb, each palpitation is a trophy engraved with the words, you are still alive. You are still alive. Act like 